Hi, I'm Case Ellers, and you're listening to The Conversation with Case. If you don't know me, I'm a real estate entrepreneur, journalist, television personality, and real estate coach. And after almost 15 years in the real estate business, I had a defining moment where I realized that my passion for real estate went well beyond my love of unique homes or design, but the connections that I made with people like yourself along the way. Throughout my series, I'll be sharing with you nuggets of wisdom that I learned throughout my real estate career, and I'll be sharing inspiring stories of my clients and individuals who helped me along the way. So grab your coffee or your wine, because the conversation with Case starts now. with Case, we are talking to a young lady who created her own happiness on board a 187-square-foot school bus. Hannah Hernandez, husband Ian, daughter Nora, and son Atlas reside on a converted school bus, which is cooler than any tiny home you could possibly ever see. Apartment Therapy recently featured the family and their chic home on wheels, but because my listeners love everything about real estate and unique people, I thought Hannah would be a perfect guest on my third podcast first podcast for 2021. So may I welcome Hannah Hernandez to the show. Hi, Hannah. Hi. So thank you for coming on today. I know it's been a hot minute since we like really connected. We were, before we started recording, we were just kind of reminiscing a little bit because um, for listeners who don't know, like I went to prep school, high school with your sisters. And, you know, you were always like around with your mother. And it was just, it was just so funny because I felt like we were, we always got along really well, but we never spent like a ton of time together because we were, you know, you had, you were very involved in dance and then we were just really involved with school. So um, life has changed for you a lot. So tell me a little bit about your family and Ian and just kind of, you know, about your life now. Sure. So I met Ian in 2015. Uh, we met through CrossFit. Um, so like you were saying, like I was really into dance back in the day. And then as I started college, gained the freshman 15, um, I got really into CrossFit. And so I started a whole weight loss and fitness journey and through competing in CrossFit, I met Ian at a competition. Um, So fast forward a little bit, I got married in February of 2018. And that same year had our first kid, Nora. Um, She was born in October. And then in this year, 2019, so hasn't been you know what I mean? Um, so we oh, no. had, this has been like 2020 was the longest century yeah. we've all ever lived. So it's, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So 20, yeah, 20. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm like, it's okay. It's acceptable. 2020, June of 2020, we had Atlas. Um, and that's kind of a little background on our time frame family how we met etc um so i'm guessing you want to know where the bus fits into that time frame 
Well, yeah. So I know that originally you and Ian, like you lived in a townhome, you guys were in central Florida. So like, at what point did you guys decide to like live on a bus and kind of like pursue that lifestyle? Like, so what was, what was the change that happened and how does the bus fit into your story? So it all actually kind of starts when we first started dating and we went on our first road trip together to Tennessee three months in and people were kind of giving us a hard time about that because we were still a new couple and you know you've got to really like someone to want to go on a road trip with them and spend that long in a car so then six months into our relationship for my 21st birthday and for Ian's 23rd our birthdays are two days apart so we were like let's go on a road trip across the country and at the time he had a Volkswagen Jetta. So we crammed two weeks worth of stuff into a Volkswagen Jetta, drove from Florida to California and back. And then that year was the year that we, no, the following year, we moved into the townhome. And that was kind of what gave us that push because that year Ian was working three jobs. I barely saw him during the week so that he could afford uh, to help before the townhome. I was working from home sewing. Um, we had a little sewing room in the townhome. And we realized like we were spending so much time away from each other and working and we would travel on the weekends. So we were barely even there to enjoy that townhome. So after that year, we had to really evaluate, like, do we want to keep paying rent on something that we don't own? Or do we want to use this money towards getting some sort of paid off home that we can try to pay off right away or you know we just didn't want to have a lot of debt so that kind of got us rolling on well maybe an RV but we actually we started with an A-frame trailer because we thought those were really cool but we were like we need to be a little more practical because we do want to have a family in the near future so then we thought an RV but I don't know if you know much about the structure of RVs, but they're not very strong. So we didn't wanna be traveling with our family in something that was very fragile. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very particular just in like the type of vehicles I drive from like a safety perspective. So, and I, I always kind of wondered that too, like when I was on like, you know, just driving on the highway, like on a road trip, I'd see like certain RVs and stuff drive by and it would be windy and I would be like, I wonder what it feels like on the inside of that. Like, wouldn't you feel like you're about to like tip over? So that's really cool. I never knew that. Yeah. And if you ever just look up like a tree falling in an RV, like a picture versus like a tree falling on an RV or a bus, you'll, you'll see why we went with the bus, especially with having a home base in Florida, like and hurricanes being a thing in Florida. We wanted something that was just structurally as good as we could get. And a school bus is made to support kids. Naturally, we were like, that is kind of a no brainer there. And we had seen a few on Pinterest. Since then, the movement has really grown. There's a Netflix documentary called Expedition Happiness, which like, I think really caused like a boom in the schoolie world. They call it schoolies. Um, which is really cool. The community has grown so much since we got into it. So that's a little bit of our backstory of how we got into the bus. Um, so I would say basically a love for travel and wanting to live 
as debt-free as possible. You know, one of the questions I, I was going to ask you was about that. I mean, I know many people seek tiny home ownership kind of for that same reason, because they just want to be able to have the freedom of, you know, going where they want, number one, but then also not having the overhead and working to live. So it really sounds like you guys made that decision, you know, early that you wanted to really enjoy what you, you know, the time that you guys had versus spending it working. What do you and Ian do professionally? Because I'm sure being on the road, that would be challenging. So do you guys have remote jobs or what do you guys do for work? So we actually do a little bit of everything. Um, since we don't want to actually be tied down location-wise to one place, um, we find that it's best to kind of just do things that allow us to be mobile. For example, I have two Etsy shops, one geared towards uh, like athletic items, weightlifting, wrist wraps, um, athletic apparel, and then another one, which is more of like my fun shop where I can put like kids clothes that I make, um, just miscellaneous items that I sew, t-shirts that we make. We have our own line of tiny house, bus van life theme shirts that we make. We cut them out of vinyl and we heat press them. And we also sell those at tiny house festivals. Um, I didn't even know they had those. That's so cool. Yeah. There's actually one every year in Florida that we always do. That was kind of the one that got us into it. So I'll have to send you the info for that one. It just passed. It's every November, but um, tiny house shows are a great way to sell items. Um, there's an app called Pop Bookings where you can get gig type work, such as samplings um, at grocery stores or anything. I mean, I've seen modeling gigs on there. He's never done those, but just depending on location, like you can sign up for them. They're, they have them in pretty much every state. And it was cool because we could follow the gigs through our route that we were taking. So that was a cool resource. Obviously we didn't do that. We haven't done that recently since the pandemic, but it's another way to add income. Um, and Ian has also been learning a lot of different skills over the years and through the bus build. So now um, he's done like electrical work on an RV that he got paid for, just kind of like handyman type stuff. He spent a year in solar this past year, right before the pandemic while I was pregnant. So he wanted to have that knowledge so he can help install solar on tiny homes. And he did our install for our bus. So that's something that he's really taken an interest in too. So just having knowledge within like the tiny home building industry. So that way he can do odd jobs like that as well. I think that is so really, that's so cool because he's kind of, you guys are, you have, you know, your own businesses and you're, you're focusing time on things that you enjoy doing. And then how cool is that for him with, especially with that app, because I feel like you could almost like drive somewhere, wake up one day and one second you're sampling beer somewhere and the next second you're like a model at a trade show. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, it's definitely a neat resource. I love it. And so speaking of the bus and setting it up and going in and putting in plumbing and electrical and, and all of those things. Um, 
how did you guys know what to do? So like, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what, what that looks like for somebody. So being a hundred percent honest, we had no idea what we were doing in the beginning. Like, like the growth that Ian has made with like his handyman skills is like, I can't even believe he's doing some of the things he's doing because when we started the build, he barely knew how to put two pieces of wood together. And I know that sounds crazy seeing the end result, but we had to learn a lot of things. So for example, plumbing, um, the plumbing in boating is similar to RVs. So Ian's brother has actually worked in marine mechanics. So he knew how, like with the pumps and everything, he was able to show us how to do the plumbing um, along with what we like to call YouTube University. I so YouTube University. It's like my, yeah. one of my favorite places. <laughs> yep. So that's also how Ian learned how to do like the shower install. Um, and then a really good friend of ours and the owner of the gym that Ian was working at, he helped us with all of the electric because he actually does that uh, professionally, like in residential homes. So he helped us with that and also with like the generic like handyman type stuff like the building um, the framing he had a lot of knowledge on that so that was really helpful in the build to have his knowledge and then like I said a lot of YouTube and just trial and error which I think was a lot of the reason why it took us longer than we thought too. Um, long, sorry to interrupt you how long did it take to build it out? So two years all in all, but the first six months we kind of slacked. And then after we found out I was pregnant, we were like, okay, we need to hustle this thing up because throughout the two years we had an engagement, we had a wedding to plan, we got married, I got pregnant. So it was there was a lot of life events happening too, not to mention like we were trying to save up money so that we could afford each project outright and not have to go into debt doing this. So between that, and all of the life events, two years, but also learning how to do everything. So it was a- No, that's that's a really exciting undertaking for you guys to just kind of, especially with so much you had going on, just to go all in. I'm sure my listeners are curious, what type of budget do you need to have to invest in the bus and then the infrastructure of the bus. I mean, if if people haven't seen it already, your bus is super, super, super cute. It, it's like a farmhouse on wheels, basically. Like Joanna Gaines would be completely jealous, <laughs> right? Um, so it, it looks expensive. So tell us a little bit about what the investment looks like, if you don't mind, because I'm sure people would want to okay. know that is a common question at the tiny house shows too for people that are looking to build and it's hard to give a clear answer because you can do it with so little or so much for example we didn't want to have to backtrack due to lack of quality so there's tons of different types of plywood you can use um and for our flooring our subfloor um underneath the pretty stuff that you see like we went with very good quality plywood. Um, so some people use pallet wood on their walls, that's free. We decided to use plywood walls, um, all sorts of different ways where you can cut costs. Um, also, for example, 
secondhand stuff. So finding water tanks on Facebook marketplace versus going through a website and ordering RV water tanks. So to put it into perspective a little bit, um, our interior cost is roughly around, I want to say 10 K we have a spreadsheet with all of that, that we kind of like haven't updated. We lost track of that recently, but during the build, we tried to be pretty clear about all of that and also um, toilet. So we have a composting toilet, which means that it doesn't flush. You don't need a black water tank. Um, it sounds worse than it is, but it doesn't smell. It's, it's actually a very expensive toilet. So our toilet is a thousand dollar toilet, the most expensive toilet I've ever sat on, but some people make their own composting toilet and you can do it in as little as a hundred bucks. I didn't want to mess with that kind of stuff. I don't, that's one thing that I didn't want to skimp on because I don't want our bus to smell. So and that's why I appreciate you so much, Hannah, because you spend your money where it matters most. <laughs> you gotta be a little on some things like a toilet. <laughs> for real, for real. That's so cool. So, I mean, that's a pretty realistic amount of money to me. I feel like for most people that could be pretty affordable. And then how much money a month do you think you save just by being on the bus? Because if it costs, like some people might be like, oh, 10,000 is a lot. But when you think of how much it costs you to lease a property, like for a whole year, it's way more expensive than that. So did you, did you have a, a significant monthly savings from living on the bus? Yeah, for sure. And our mindset was in that townhome. I don't remember the exact number, but we kind of, we added up between the internet and the electric and the water and the rent and everything that we would spend monthly for the townhome per year, we added all that together. And we figured even with the bus build and everything that we have into it, like averaged out, it's still less than that per year number. So we feel like as long as we're under that, like we're doing pretty good. Um, but as far as costs go, um, so that also kind of can vary because if we're traveling um, cost of diesel. So we just got back from being on the road for a few months and diesel was, we were getting it for under two bucks a gallon, which is crazy. So um, that we kind of consider as more of like rent um, that can add up depending on how frequently you move. If you stay in one place for a while, if it's free. Um, so we were gone for three months and we did not pay for one stay because of certain resources and apps that we have. But when, when we're in Florida, we have more of a home base where we rent a little piece of someone's land. And for that, we pay $200 a month, which is still significantly cheaper than rent. Um, but overall that, and that includes plugging in if we want to, we also have the solar, but we can plug in and have access to unlimited water for $200 a month. So. I mean, I think that's, could be like a really great resource for, for somebody like, especially, like I said before, a lot of people who are interested in tiny homes that I've, <clears throat> I've encountered, a lot of it is, is a financial piece and not being burdened by, you know, capitalism basically. So yeah. it's really cool to hear what alternatives you have that are affordable and you still 
you know, have this really great home to live in. So paint us a little bit of a picture. Like, what is your daily life on the bus like when you wake up in the morning? Because, you know, I, I feel like being in under 200 square feet kind of, I, for me, I'm six foot two, so I'm big. I feel like that would be very challenging for me, but with four people and, and, and you have a pet too. So tell us about your, your day-to-day life and what a, a day in the life of Hannah looks like on the bus. So typically Atlas wakes me up, I feed him, and then every day starts with coffee. As it, and should, we, as it should. Yeah. <laughs> and we really like to take our time waking up. Um, we kind of let the kids dictate like when we wake up and when we get moving because some days they want to wake up really early and some days we stay up late and they want to sleep in um so we we've never been strict on like bedtimes and all that because our lifestyle allows us to go with the flow um so we just kind of let them decide when it's time to wake up so we wake up we have coffee we have breakfast um if we're on the road then we usually look for something neat to do in the area that we're in. Um, and it, if it's a drive day, I usually start looking up where we can stay, um, how many miles, um, if we need fuel, like that kind of like mental thing that I always am in charge of. Ian mostly drives. I try to drive sometimes, but um, I'm better at the whole co-pilot thing. So I usually look into that stuff um, and then we'll have, usually a hundred miles or so of a drive, get to our spot, set everything up, um, go out for a little. We always try to do some sort of activity with the kids, some sort of exercise, and then just kind of hang out. Um, We usually don't have a structured day. So that would be like a drive day or a day on the road. Um, A day at our home base in Florida would probably be pretty similar minus the, all the looking up the spots and the fuel and all that. Um, since it's pandemic times, we don't really go anywhere. So we've, uh, we put a bike rack on the bus. So we've been doing a lot of biking, um, hiking, just usually stay active and work if it's a work day. Um, it's hard to really give a, a set no, you know, no, no. timeline, of the day, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. We just kind of whatever life looks like that week. I admire that so much because it's cool to be able to be in a place just to, again, see what where life takes you. I think a lot of people, they work really hard in hopes that they get to a point where they can enjoy life like that. And I think it's so great that you and your family get to do that on a, on a daily basis. For those who are listening who have never seen pictures of your home before, and I know we're gonna share your Instagram handle. There's tons of really great pictures of the bus on there, but what inspired the aesthetic that you have? Because it's, it's, it looks like completely, if, if it were just a regular house, I would think a professional designer came in to do it. So what inspired you to use the selections that you did? So the inspiration, um, I feel like it just came about as we were building um, back when we started our bus, the resources like on YouTube and everything, they were very few and far between. Um, so like I was saying before, the community has really blossomed. The, there's a huge community on Instagram now where you can see so many different converted buses. So we just kind of 
were winging it. I mean, we didn't really know what we were doing. We changed our layout so many times in the process that we sort of just had fun with it and figured things out as we went. And it all just kind of tied together, surprisingly. Um, for example, the bright cabinets, um, you may recognize our bus through those teal cabinets. That's a big standout from our bus to others. And that just was one day we woke up and we were like, hey, let's go to Lowe's and pick out the cabinet paint. And I told Ian, I really like this color teal, obviously um, Pinterest inspiration, always have to have your Pinterest boards. So I told him, I like this sort of idea. Let's go find something teal. And then he picked out the color actually, which is like our number one question on Instagram when we share the pictures of our kitchen is what is that cabinet color? Um, so is it by the way, because I'm sure it, people want to know. Sensual Jade. I don't even have it anymore, but yeah, it's called Sensual Jade and it's Lowe's brand. And so then I started painting the cabinets and then I thought, let's just paint one of these walls teal. And I painted the walls teal. And then I just kind of like all was just, I picked out things that I liked, but I found that it really sparked this love for design that I didn't know I had. Um, so for example, Oh, sorry, there. I interrupt you. There was a... Um, and then the open shelving, like that was, we actually had cabinets there and they didn't look very good and they got in the way of our kitchen faucet. So we were like, uh, we like the faucet better. So just take the cabinets out. Hey, let's put in an open shelf. And then that kind of became like my thrift decor shelf. So I always am like thrifting pieces for that shelf when we travel and finding cool pieces at Goodwill to put up in the bus. So it all just kind of came together over the years, I feel like. It's beautiful. Like the the jade cabinets, I really love. You have, you know, a farmhouse sink. Again, like I wouldn't expect to go in when when I think of a home or a bus, you know, that you would go into, I I think of just like typical RVs. You know what I'm saying? Like it it mm -hmm. has this very like plastic kind of almost like industrial feel and when you walk into your RV and I've never personally been in it yet but from the photos it's like you have the farmhouse sink the really cool cabinets you have shiplap the I love the tile that you did in the bathroom shower it's it literally looks like the same exact tile I did in my house in Florida which was the um oh my gosh like subway tile I don't know why I can remember oh that. yeah <laughs> yeah, so it's like the subway tile and it had the dark grout. You had the hand-painted floor tile. It's just, it's super darling. Thanks. So you, we were, before we started to record, you mentioned that there's a possibility you may be doing a new project. Yeah, so we actually, when we came back from our little adventure on the road um, in December, we put our bus up for sale. So it's been about a month now we've had it on the market. Um, and we, it's been pending and not for a month. It's, I'm, as a realtor, I'm sure you know how. Oh, that how that goes. Yeah, I was, I was giggling in my mind because you're like, it's been pending. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so we've been dealing with that. But just this past week, we won an auction on our new future home, which um, our current bus is 35 feet and it's a dog no so traditional style school bus. So the one that we are going to start building out 
is a 40 foot and it's a flat nose and the engine's in the back. So overall we'll gain about 15 feet more of living space just by changing the style of the bus and getting a longer bus. So we're really excited to have way more floor space to design with. And we're also designing this bus, call me crazy, but we're designing it for seven people because we have this dream of having five kids. And with the first bus, we, I wasn't even pregnant when we started, when we got the bus or started the build or anything. And I had always said, we're having a nursery because we knew we wanted to have kids fairly soon after we got married. So we kind of outgrew the bus sooner than we thought because we started the bus four years ago. So our lives changed so much then. So now we're like, okay, let's build this one so that we can fit all of our future kids and use it as an RV whenever we decide that the lifestyle is over for us. So we pick it up on the 19th and we start doing this whole process all over again. Well, one of, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, do you see yourself ever buying a conventional home? And it sounds like in the near future, that's not going to happen. But have you guys thought about that? Yeah. So our ideas change all the time. Um, and we're also very out of the box thinkers. So we, especially with the pandemic, that really opened our eyes up to how we feel that this lifestyle is going to be our normal for a little bit longer or a while longer. Um, and we feel like after the bus, um, life may take us in two different directions. We've always had the dream of having land and building a container home. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those. They're uh, amazing. I've seen, yeah. I don't know if they're real or not, but I've seen these right. pictures and they're, they're so gorgeous. Awesome. Like I see ones where people have painted them like dark black and they have the big, yeah. trees and the, oh my God, yeah. Like the wood paneling on it on the outside. Yeah, I've seen they're done really nice and they're structurally really sturdy. Um, and then we would want to ideally park the bus on the land, use it as an Airbnb. So that's sort of like a longer term goal. But within the last six months, we've also kind of had this crazy dream of a sailboat. Um, but we're not sure if the sailboat is going to be, you know, after the kids leave the house or if that's after the bus. Um, we just like to stay open minded and see you know, where, which direction life pulls us in. But for now, we're going to be working on the next bus and probably spend some time in there and then see at that point what is next. But in the meantime, we want to learn more about sailboats, see if we're even meant for that, um, if we get seasick or not, because that'll be like, you know, a big factor in that. But I think it would be cool to be able to travel that way and see different places that we can't get in the bus um, while living minimally like we are now. That's so neat. One thing I completely forgot to mention was the fact you, you, uh, you come from a family of real estate mavens. So I, <laughs> a lot of people who followed my career knew that I sold your grandmother's firehouse. Yeah. It was this really super cool 125 year old uh, firehouse in Sanford. And she redid it. She had the loft upstairs, it converted, and she since sold it. And I think whoever owns it now, like they make it, it's like an Airbnb. So it's really they sold cool. it again too. Oh, did they? I, I think, yeah, they're making it into, I want to say maybe a restaurant now. Or, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But they're currently working on it again 
Yeah, I, I always said that the first floor where she had the fire engine bays that were basically just storage, I was like, it would be so cool if someone took the front door and did like a leaded glass and it could open up and then you had the restaurant on the first floor and then upstairs could be like a mini hotel or, you know, an yeah. Airbnb. Um, so I just, I think it's so cool. I had to bring that up because I think it's so cool that your family is so creative and you, they, you guys have such a knack for real estate and design in general. And it's so cool how she did this, this passion project and this bus has been yours. So um, part of our goal on the conversation is to help our listeners take aligned action for their own goals. So if someone wanted to become a schoolie and they were, and I said that right, that's what it's called, being a schoolie? Yes. Uh, if someone wanted to be a schoolie and adopt that lifestyle, like what is the number one thing that you think that they need to consider? I would say the number one thing to consider is your belongings, because I don't know if you remember from back in the day, um, hanging out at our house, but I was probably a child hoarder, like I, <laughs> stuffed animals covering my entire bed. Um, I would, anything that was free, I would keep it. Like I, I was probably a hoarder back then. Um, and when we moved into our townhouse, we, it took us a week to move out. Like it was crazy how much stuff we had. So you, I think the mindset of living minimally, it's a process. Like it, it, the whole two years that we were building the bus, we were constantly going through our items and downsizing and making sure that we were only keeping what was important to us. And something that a lot of people can relate to is sentimental items, things that have sentimental value. For example, something you get on a vacation when you're younger or something that maybe belongs to a relative that's passed away. And those types of things are hard to get rid of. And when you live in such a small space, holding on to something that you don't necessarily use, it doesn't make sense. So what we do is we call it the take a picture method where if every three to six months we go through our items and if we haven't used it within that time frame, we get rid of it and we take a picture of it if it has some sort of sentimental value. So of course we have certain things um, that are memory items like from our wedding and all that that we just can't part with. But a lot of the things that you think that you want to keep from your childhood, you, you don't really need them. Like you forget about them. And honestly, you forget about the pictures after a while. So that's something that I would suggest if you are considering the lifestyle is to mentally transition into that minimalist mindset first. I think that's great advice because I know my home in Winter Park, I, I call that a tiny house because it's just, I think it's like 1,100-ish square feet. And for me, that was a step up because I really had downsized for a while. I had a pretty large condo with my ex and then, you know, moving into that house, it was an adjustment, but <clears throat> it was just me for a while. So it was, it was fine. And then when I decided to expand my business into Atlanta, I you know, put some stuff in storage and then I have my apartment in Atlanta now. And it's, I've kind of had to adopt the same thing. I could be way better at it. I have a walk-in closet that I cannot walk into, but it's, I see what you're saying because it's so easy to get attached to what something means to you. And at the end of the day, you don't need the object to have the memory of it. 
Right. So I think that's that might be a shock for someone. You know, I never would have thought of that to be like, hey, you got to mentally prepare yourself that if you're going to commit to this, there's going to be some sacrifices. And well, do you feel like you're cured of hoarding? I do. Actually, I <laughs> like when I go to buy something at the store, it actually makes my purchases more intentional. Like I think to myself, like, am I going to use this regularly? Do I need it? Do I have one like it? And especially since I love thrifting and things are so inexpensive for the most part when you're thrifting, like little decor pieces that it's so easy to like get caught up in, oh, I love this. Like, let me buy it right now. So also something else I had to do was limit myself in that aspect by giving myself a container under the bed of our bus, the bed lifts up. And that's where we store things that we don't always use every day. So if I can't close the container, then that means I need to get rid of things. So just making little mindset changes like that and incorporating it into your daily routine definitely makes a big difference in the long run. This has been such great advice and I really appreciate you taking the time today to share this perspective on life. It's it's really cool because our listeners come from all different backgrounds. They do love real estate a lot, but we talk about a lot of different things too. And so to have someone with, I mean, when I'm used to selling residential real estate and, you know, a box on land, your, your lifestyle is very unique to a lot of the people that I typically work with. So I just appreciate you sharing so much about your experience. And um, I'm really excited to kind of see what comes next with your, your new home that you're creating. Thanks. And something that I always tell people um, when we're doing stuff like this or interviews or even tiny home events is that even though we have this mindset in this lifestyle, we don't feel, we don't have anything wrong with people that enjoy the nine to five, the standard house or house size or mansion. Like there's nothing wrong with any of that and to each their own. And we are just very different people, obviously with, you know, living in a bus, that's not a very um, traditional thing. And we're both just very artistic minded. So we don't, have anything against people that choose to live those lifestyles because everybody has their own way that works for them so this works for us and we love this but we also love to see regular houses and rvs and tiny homes and sailboat homes and tree houses and it's all cool and it's just neat to see how each one is designed individually so yeah, every home, no matter what kind of home it is, has a story, but I think you don't realize how inspirational your your life is to people listening because one thing that, because <clears throat> I coach real estate agents starting their businesses and um, I help you know professionals with mindset and all of those things. And one thing, there was a time in my life where there was a very materialistic side of me that came out. I was very competitive. I had to be, I wanted to be number one. And I got to a point after some really major life events that I was like, I really don't care about that. Like, it's great if you are super competitive and that's what gets you going every day, but to live a life that you love and that you're happy with, no matter what that looks like, 
that's all that matters. Like at the end of the day, I always say this to people, no one knows how much money I have in my bank account. So why does it matter? You know? Um, yeah. And I think it's just inspiring because there are a lot of people who feel like you just have to live life one way and success and happiness only is one thing. And so to, to share your life and how really amazing it is with everybody who's listening, I, I think there are a lot of people who are going to walk away from listening to this podcast and be like, wow, there's, there's happiness, however I want to create it. So um, right. I just, before I let you go, how could people get in touch with you? So we have an Instagram account and it's Hansian, H-A-N-Z-I-A-N underscore bus, B-U-S. And we post on there um, all the pictures of the bus and our lifestyle. And we story a lot about all of it. Um, for example, we had an engine rebuild last summer and we put that on there. We think it's important for people to see that just because we travel and live life differently doesn't mean that there's not some things that just happen, you know, just like a house, if you have to get a new roof or, you know, things like that, um, there are repairs to the bus. So we make sure to show bus life, the good, the bad and the ugly. So you can find all that on our Instagram page. Super. And what's fu so funny is we've, I think it's just because I've been on your personal Instagram and Facebook for like forever. It feels like I didn't even realize you had like a specific Instagram for your bus. And we, I just looked at it before we, we hopped on and I'm so excited to kind of go through it because there's a lot of really, there's great photos and content. So um, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I hope to have you again on the show at some point. It would be really even cool if um, maybe in the future when you're you're done with your new bus, if we could come see it, so. Yeah, we would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. If you like today's episode, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to leave us a review. The more you interact, the more it helps us organically grow. So until next time, my friends, I will speak to you later. Bye, Hannah. Bye.